Now, most clinicians don't get to see what happens behind the doors of the microbiology laboratory. However, there are some strange things that technologists in microbiology are exposed to on a daily basis. We could sit here and rattle off a list of best practices, or we could listen to the weird and wonderful tales from the horse's mouth, or more like the technologist's teeth. This is Microbe Mail, and I am your host, Vindana Chibabai. The skeletons in the laboratory are the secrets that the microbiology technologist has to take home with her after a day on the benches, processing all kinds of bodily fluids. My guest today is Ms. Yola Tatoba. Yola is a technician at the Charlotte Matreke Johannesburg Academic Hospital Microbiology Laboratory. Hi, Yola. Great to have you join me on Microbe Mail today. How are you? Hi, Lynn. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be on today's episode of MMM. I've seen quite a few of these episodes and I always find them very informative and interesting and I always learn something. So I hope today I also get to teach a thing or two about what um, medical technologists, technicians actually do the infamous career. <laughs> So remember, you can sign up to receive email updates of new episode releases and storyboards on the Microbe Mail website. You can follow us on social media for any updates, and you'll find all of the links in the episode show notes. Do you know anybody who will enjoy this content? Please go ahead and share Microbe Mail. So Yola, you're going to be spilling all the weird and wonderful beans from the world of the microbiology laboratory with me today. So are you ready for the big reveal? Yes, more than ready. Let's dive in. Awesome. So Yola, shall we start on a positive note? Mm -hmm. When you're processing specimens in the lab, what makes you really excited? So for me, what makes me excited, I would say mostly it's getting to read the patient's request form, you know, what. Mm -hmm. They write all the, the clinical history. Mm -hmm. And I, I always love backbench request forms because they normally have even histology's side. So they will write all that information, mm -hmm. left breast cancer, removed, whatever. And then you get to be interested because it's like you get more compassion towards the patient that I have to do my best to actually help this person, give them the best possible results so it will be the clinical information on the request form mm -hmm. and also when I have like a lot of work because mm -hmm. I work so well under pressure so if I come to the lab and I have a lot of work waiting for me I already know I'm gonna have a good day because I'm gonna be busy <laughs> with all the bugs you know helping people settling lives so yes I would say the workload and the clinical information on the patient's request form. Okay that's interesting I think most other people would prefer to have less work and Yola prefers to have <laughs> more know, work. Weird. I know <laughs> I know. So then when you're processing specimens what annoys you the most? Yes what annoys me the most um, obviously, would be a, a sample that isn't collected correctly. Mm -hmm. If if it's, it's a, a leaked sample, because sometimes you feel like 
if you receive like 10 lit samples you start feeling like oh maybe i can just wipe it off but yes. i mean it's not even the correct thing to do because cross-contamination so i think for me it's just that and people who overfill samples you know in yeah. the lab we always give our benches names so, nicknames yeah nicknames still bench will be like oh you work in the toilet this week so they call <laughs> still bench like the bathroom so imagine working at stool bench you get mm-hmm. this full sterile side container filled with this stool this happened to me like legit i was working with stool bench mm-hmm. and then when i opened this stool it literally burst and oh no luckily i'm under the bsc so right. yeah you had to wipe all of that so i would just say for me the incorrect collection of the specimen is yes. very annoying and just not filling the request form correctly like maybe if you just do everything correctly give the appropriate amount of the specimen get all the information then makes the job easier and so thank goodness for biosafety cabinets. Oh, for BSCs. They would have been stool all over your face. I had before, long ago, they used to prepare with their mouth at stool bench. That I used to be imagine. true. I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> no, no, I can't. So yes, thank God for BSCs because honestly, that was going to be a mess. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also exposure in the laboratory yes. to who knows what. Exactly. Okay, so we don't want too much and we don't want too little. Mm-mm. We Just don't enough. want spills. You close the container yeah. tightly so that you don't have to be wiping. And there's specimens. no leaking. Yes. Yeah. We don't like leaky specimens. Mm-hmm. We have, as you say, we have to reject it. Yes. Because it could easily become contaminated yeah. with environmental yeah. organisms. Okay, so sometimes we see some bizarre things, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the most bizarre human specimen that you have seen delivered to the lab? I would say two actually. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I like this. I love my collagen. So the first one was in my collagen, like a lot of tissues collected for mucomyces. Mucomycosis. So, yes, mucomycosis. Okay. Yes, everything. And then actually, I was actually the bizarre thing about it was the patient's background on the mm. specimen but also the way the tissue was looking like there was like small mincy pieces of the tissue mm-hmm. so it, it would be that specimen and also one day a messenger walked in the lab with a basket with a full-grown big human leg with like the foot is there intact with like long dirty nails on the, <laughs> on the specimen so i would be like that was the most bizarre thing for me, but obviously we, we couldn't process that, that lag because incorrect way of collecting the specimen and all of that. But so yeah, it's, it's an entire thing. leg, an entire full body. adult male yes. leg to be delivered to the lab. Yeah. And what, what, what were they looking for on this adult full leg? They wanted leg? culture and sensitivity on it, but I mean, we didn't need the full leg. <laughs> we didn't need, the, we whole didn't leg. need the full leg for that. We yeah. can culture just a small piece of tissue from it so yeah it was it was a bit weird than bizarre it was just weird to see a full human leg being handled like that and i'm just trying to think i'm trying to close my eyes and imagine somebody <laughs> on the benches taking that full leg and swabbing it onto it a piece of agar of course small, it's not going to a work a very small piece of agar exactly yeah, that's not going imagine to work. that yeah even the messenger who brought it was like yeah guys I have a leg. A leg? No, you're not supposed to process So was it at least packaged appropriately? No, it was in a plastic bag still. Oh, so So again, same problem. Yeah, same problem. Mm. 
And then sometimes, although not often, we get non-human specimens as well. Mm-hmm. What's the most bizarre non-human specimen you've seen in the lab? Okay, because our lab is like a, a, a human specimen. Mm. We work with microbiology and infectious mm. diseases. We hardly get non-human okay. specimens. So if you get a non-human specimen, it would be like a swab from a surface at an office or something. Mm-hmm. But this one time we got um, a mold in, like a, a wall scraping right. for a mold in mycology. So that I would say that would be the only bizarre non-human specimen I've seen. Right. Yeah. So just a note to clinicians, before you submit a specimen to the lab, check whether it's a type of specimen yes. that they actually are able to process. Because those would have to go to infection control, not as Yes. And depending on where you are, you might have specific laboratories that do environmental yes. specimen processing. So ask around before you submit. Okay. Um, and then obviously these specimens have to be packaged mm-hmm. and submitted to the laboratory. So there must be some strange and weird pa- packaging that you've seen. Yes. Specimens course. submitted in. Quite a few, mm. actually. <laughs> Quite a few. Some really some very strange, as you've mentioned. I think the most strange was a stool sample that was in a... Ice cream cone. No, yes, in an uh, yes stool. The stool sample in an ice cream. I don't even know how how that happened, but yeah, I opened the stool and I'm like, okay, how are they even going together? So I don't know what was going on in that ward, but then again, couldn't process that stool needs to be in a sterile container or a tube or whatever. I think also this other time I got a placenta in a brown paper bag. So, oh dear. Yeah, so like placenta sitting there, like some dry meat or some dry leftovers, because obviously it's a tissue, so mm. when it's sitting there, you're like, and obviously I couldn't process that as well because it's a paper. Surely it's not it must have been leaking. It definitely leaked. It definitely leaked because the paper was already wet. So, yeah, I would say that. And that's too. quite sad because there's only one opportunity to collect yes. a placenta. So if you really needed MCNS on that placenta, the opportunity was gone. Yes, because now we're going to have to reject it. You have to reject it. Handling of the sample. It's probably even contaminated now. Absolutely. It's not like you can go in and say, oh, let me collect another placenta. No. Which (laughs) is very scary. Placentas, they always give me this small sadness. Yeah. Yeah, because it affects a mom and it affects a baby. Mm. So it needs to be submitted appropriately. Um, okay, and then when it comes to information on the lab request form, mm-hmm. obviously, as you said earlier, you want as much information as possible. It helps you to process appropriately. It gives you some um, also satisfaction in knowing that you're giving a result that's important. But you must have seen some odd things on these request forms. Yeah, I've seen quite a few odd things, I would say. I think that still the other one would be that that muco patient mm-hmm. because when I read the request form, it, it it said left eye like removed, and you got worried. Yeah, I got so like because you start imagining the patient yeah. and you're like, what kind of a bug does such you know the things mm. these things these little things that we work with you mm. know the things that they the damage they can cause. Yeah. On the patient, so I started asking the registrar about about the, the patient, how the patient is doing. So the registrar, because it was actually my first time even dealing with that type of a mold, I right. didn't even know about the mold. So she explained to me that 
I say it's a very, very toxic mold because it eats through the patient's yeah. skin. So apparently even the nose was starting to fall off from mm. the patient. It literally so, is flesh eating. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that, that got me that got me really scared. I think also a, a cancer patient in back bench also she had some parts removed in her body. And then yeah, I think also the, the, the saddest one now, not like strange or weird, was was a baby with a swab, a pass a vaginal swab for um for, for MCNS as well and it had said sexual assault on it. So, so, oh, yeah, so that that's was very sad. That was really sad because as soon as you read that and you look it's a baby, you start wondering you know, the world we live in. But also, again, like I said, for me, reading the clinical information gives me that passion to go, you know, above and beyond because then you start putting all the necessary plates, you know, being more extra cautious under your microscope, mm-hmm. looking to see if nothing is there, you know, just to make sure the baby is not sick. So I would say, yeah. And you're like having that information makes it real for you, right? Mm. It's not just a specimen in a bottle no, that you're dealing with. It reminds you that you're dealing with a person yes. on the other end. You're telling somebody's life. Lives, yeah. yeah. So it gives him more compassion. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm sure you, you've already told us how fascinated you are with some of the pathogens, but I thought maybe you could give us some insight into what you find is the most fascinating things you've come across when you've processing a specimen um, and that could be the specimen itself or even what it's cultured just to give some indication mm. of what fun things we see in the yes. lab because we do see quite a lot of fun stuff in the <laughs> lab. so I would say for specimens um, for me actually and this is weird because a lot of people would think it's the worst is stool bench you enjoy processing stool. I think stool, stool specimens <laughs> are the best in the lab. More than oh, all goodness, of these. Because I don't like backbench. They smell. I don't like urine for some odd reason. I always feel like I'm, I'm literally working with someone's butt. But at least stool bench, it's like you work under the hood. I think that's probably why you're okay and with it. It's not, it's not really disgusting. If you're looking at stool, you can just make it into anything you want into your head. If it's a dark formed stool, you can be like, oh, it's a dark chocolate. <laughs> Like you're processing that chocolate. If it's dairy, you can be like, oh, it's just chicken curry, you know, and then you don't smell anything. You know, these are just coping mechanisms. (laughs) I hope you realize you're just trying to cope. These are the fun packs of the job. (laughs) These are the fun packs of the job. Because nobody imagined what these bacteria actually look like. Mm -hmm. And then still, your culture is still, it grows a pretty salmonella that's black, nice colonies. And then you get, you know, to work on that. This disgusting school now turns into this pretty organism the following day, which is actually not pretty because it's a bacteria and it's harmful to humans. So but, I agree with you that stool bench is exciting because of all of the different media mm-hmm. that we use. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, the pathogens mm-hmm. do look pretty. Yes. That I'll agree with. And the parasites are pretty under the microscope the parasites as well. parasites are pretty under so the microscope. So it's interesting, stool okay, bench. Okay, I yeah. get you. So I would say spacemen will definitely be stool bench. And then the, the organism, I would say, would be a pseudomonas originosa mm-hmm. and seracia mm. love them they make a nice color they're pretty it smells pretty like a perfume and <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're both gnbs i like yes. gnbs because they stay in pink under the microscope which is pretty and then yes the seracia as well i always love the seracia they're I beautiful came when i came to the lab i didn't have 
any idea what what's what but i actually liked sarasha because it was like this orange nice pink organism on the on the blood agar so yeah I've, i always get fascinated when you see a new organism that looks different mm -hmm. and like your normal gnbs and your gpcs like you know normal pink um mucolid colon whatever but all those different ones no carrier with the chalky smell mm -hmm. you know all of that so yeah, I would say the organism would be those three. Nice. Have you ever done any agar art where you've played yes. around and drawn? I've written a heart <laughs> and incubated it. <laughs> I've written my name and incubated it. So, nice. Yeah, it, uh, Very cool. Um, but also, we know that we see some revolting things, and you've already given us a few mm -hmm. ideas. But um, what do you feel is the most revolting in the micro lab? Uh, I would say anaerobes mm, because yeah, of the smell. I agree with you. The smell and also just how they just so hard to identify on. It's, it's hard to just get an anaerobe on the first, yeah. you know, you have to be... They're fussy. No, yeah, they are very fussy. That's so fussy. to add for it. And you, you never forget an anaerobe smell. If you have an mm -hmm. anaerobe that day, this other time was when it takes and I'm sitting, I'm like, oh my God, why do I smell an, an anaerobe? That's why I don't like anaerobes and proteins. Yeah. I think anything with a smell, because you sit and you smell that the whole day. I can't even eat fried fish anymore and because of the fishy smell yeah. from the proteins. So all these smelly organisms mm -mm. and you're right when there's an and when somebody opens a plate with an anaerobe in the laboratory it's like the whole, the whole lab, lab smells of the anaerobe and the specimen would be i would say a pass and some gene expect um specimens because mm. i don't know how some of these genetic specimens gene expect are collected because this other time i literally got a vomit <laughs> for gene expect a vomit i'm like Vomit specimen. Yes. I'm like, this. there's no way this is a sputum. This is definitely, oh. you know, so I would say, yeah, those, mm, not for me. I can understand why you don't like pus because pus has anaerobes in it. And so that's it probably has. the smells. And yeah, and the way they are so mucoidish, some of them. Sticky. Like, yes, when you want to process, <laughs> it's like you suck it out and then it wants to come out all of it with the pipette. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Too much. Same as pizza. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a fun job. So. Okay. Okay, Yola. Are you ready to play a game? Yes. Let's go for it. So, I've got a riddle for you. And because you've already indicated to me that you like mycology and you like fungi, I've got a funky fungal okay. riddle. Okay, so listen carefully. I really am a yeast, but if you are not careful, you might think I am a gram-negative bacillus because I am mucoid and my colonies are pink. Who am I? You are... Oh my God, which is this? Is Rhodotella. Rhodotella. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I was almost going to ask you if you can spell Rhodotella, and then I thought, no, that's just being nasty. <laughs> I can spell Rhodotella. I can try. It's R H O D U T. Oh, no, no, it's a long. Maybe it's a not. Long <laughs> no. It's very long, and it always has slash what what on vitex. Slash, right. Yeah. But yes, I know it's, it's under the tourist Yeah. So it's time for you to get a microbe name. 
Yay. And again, we're going to try and give you a fungal name, right? Okay. So we're going to talk, uh, call you Tatobagillus, like Aspergillus. Yes. And Yolagatus. Oh, pretty. So I it's almost that. like Aspergillus fumigatus. fumigatus. And but I, love, you are... I love Aspergillus fumigatus because of the afro, and I love afro on my head. So, <laughs> name. so you, name. henceforth, when you're signing the cards now, you're going to say Tatobagillus, Tatobagillus, your legatus. I will be excited to hear <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Okay, so Yola, do you have a quick take-home message and any final tips for the listeners about sending specimens to the micro lab for processing? Yes, okay, obviously I know um, most MMM subscribers are clinicians and everybody knows what they're doing, but I think I'm just going to touch again on the, most importantly, the collection of the samples, Mm -hmm. especially the leaking samples, because Mm. sometimes you get... You see, like maybe half of your samples you have to reject because they are leaking. So maybe I would say the tip would be when you're collecting a sample, we don't necessarily need a lot in micro because you're just inoculating on your agar and you're doing your slides. Five mil is more than enough. Correct, collect in this correct container. It's either your sterile container or your tubes or... um. Pass swabs as well, correct the correct password for each um specimen, and then close the the samples tightly so that they don't leak. Yes. Also, the labeling of the sample, the barcode. You know that barcode that you put mm-hmm. on on the container. Instead of making it overlap through a lead, just stick it nicely on the specimen container. I think also the information, the patient's information on the request form, because it really does help Vin when you get yeah. the correct specimen information correct specimen type correct tests to be requested others if you don't know just call the lab and find out <clears throat> what's the correct test set for whatever sure. code you want to request um <clears throat> the correct labeling of the samples outside that as well and uh, yeah i think it, it would be that the correct handling of the samples turnaround time as well the quicker you bring the sample to the lab the better and the quicker we save the patient and um yeah i think it would be that and um if you don't know if you're not sure as a clinician or whoever is collecting just call the lab and find out so we don't have to fight with people <laughs> on the phone because then the doctors will be calling why did you reject so and so and so and you're like that is why there's a common day because you use the incorrect specimen container mm. incorrect test sets which happens a lot and the problem with incorrect test sets, they also affect our outstanding test list. Because mm-hmm. now you have to reject all this incorrect stuff that are being requested unnecessarily. So, yeah, I would say just the correct information, clinical history, patient's details, test sets, and uh, the correct collection of the specimen. Perfect. Those are very, very useful and practical tips. Hey, Yola, thank you so much. And thanks so much for joining me on Microbe Mail. I hope you'll join me again sometime. Yes, anytime. The more I do them, the more happy I'll be. (laughs) Because I always listen to them and they are very, very informative. So I hope even myself today, I got to teach people and people got to see that actually laboratory technician, technologists, 
do exist because it doesn't end with you going to a doctor and they collect your sample. Mm -hmm. We also contribute to actually inform the doctor that this person actually has a gram-negative bacilli that's causing the flu, if it's a flu, and you can treat with um, ampicillin if it's for hemophilus influenza and all of that. Like, we exist people. I know even the president was not acknowledging us during the COVID. To all the front line is the doctors, the nurses, and we're like, hey, even the medical laboratories. We are here. So, yeah, it is it's a fun career. It's a fun environment to work in. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I think without the laboratory and the staff that are working in the laboratory, up to 70% of diagnoses that are yes. made would not be made. Because so, yeah. we are like the core. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, we see you. And we hear you and we thank you for your work. (laughs) So thank you. And before we go, let us know what you thought of this episode, either by sending us an email or even let us know on social media. So that's it from me, Vin, your micro messenger. See you again soon with more Contagious Mail.